Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thank you for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Dr. Beverly Wright. Emory Continuing Education offers many certificate programs related to the practical application of machine learning, data science, advanced Python and Tableau, and other analytics tools and methods. These applied programs leverage experienced executives, academics, and practitioners with advanced degrees to deliver these Saturday courses typically taught in around 10 weeks. Learn more about the emerging technology programs at Emory Continuing Education to help boost your career advancement at ece.emory.edu. I hope you enjoy this episode of Tag Data Talk. Hello, I'm Dr. Beverly Wright, and thank you for joining Tag Data Talk. With us today, we have Jason Poovey, and we're talking about the importance of involving analytics stakeholders early. Welcome, Jason. Hello. Nice to see everybody or hear everybody, whichever way you want to say it. <laughs> Great. Uh, so let's start off with a basic question about who you are. You so cool, Jason. Well, I don't know if I would classify myself as cool, but I can tell you how I ended up here. Uh, my background, if you will, uh, I started back at uh, my, I guess you should say, data journey, not really in data. I was more engineering when I started. Uh, my undergraduate and master's are from NC State in computer and electrical engineering. I really started to use data, you know, of course, when I was studying my PhD at Georgia Tech, which uh, I'm an all but dissertation on that for the PhD at Georgia Tech. But going to Georgia Tech led me to uh, work at Georgia Tech, where I was at the Georgia Tech Research Institute for about eight and a half years, uh, where I ended up leading the high-performance computing and, and data science team there. Uh, recently, though, I, I departed Georgia Tech, and I am now the Director of Data Science and Analytics at Greenlight, uh, where we try to shine the light on money for parents and kids. We offer a, a, a debit card that uh, parents can give their kids so that they can help like, teach them about money, finances, all those really cool things. So there's a lot of really cool stuff going on there. Uh, and, you know, we do data science and analytics there uh, for a lot of different applications that I think are, are really fun. Very nice. I'm really excited to see what Greenlight's up to, too, because um, I know you guys have um, a really great colleague on on your team, Blake Fleischer, who um, who I know well and from Georgia Pacific, and he's very capable. And uh, the kids in my household also have a green light. They each have a green light card. So very cool to nice. see, you know, going into the youth market and how kids are handling finances. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about the importance of involving stakeholder analytic stakeholders early. So let's start off with like, what are we what are we talking about? First of all, who's an analytic stakeholder? And then we'll talk a little bit about what do we mean by early. So who are we talking about with analytics stakeholders? Yeah, I, I, when I think about analytics, right, there's that spectrum from what people might call data analytics to data science. And on, on anywhere on that spectrum, stakeholders are important very early. And by early, I mean during the ideation phase of any project. If it's even a simple data pool for analytics, you need to understand the context of what the actual analytics is going to be used for. It's very easy to just get a request, what I might call like a SQL vending machine type request, where they say, pull this number for me. But absent the context, that might not actually be the most useful number. And there's a lot of loaded questions, even in that, in that something like that. And this is true all the way going forward to if you were to 
come up with a more complicated data science type problem. We need to know upfront a lot about how it's going to be used, how success is going to be measured, and what is the actual problem being solved? Because it's very easy to go into a vacuum, build a cool data science model uh, that's not going to be deployable or usable uh, in the actual context. And it won't, you can't actually even, you might not even have the levers to do anything with that models. So yeah. when I say early, I mean, from the beginning and constant and consistent communication. And that should be the driver of how you actually go about building every step along the way, uh, whether it's a short project or a long one. Okay, so the just to make sure our listeners are capturing some of this, and then we'll talk about the stakeholders in a second, because I think you answered the, the early question first and then the stakeholders we'll get to in a second. So the um, by early, um, can you give us a quick outline of what you see as the big phases or chunks of a data science lifecycle? Right. When you're doing a data science project, I think, you know, early, of course, you're looking at descriptive statistics. You're wanting to understand your data. Uh, that, that ultimately turns into trying to understand relationships, which you might call diagnostic type information. You know, what causes what, what's related to what, what's you know, correlated. And then ultimately you want to get to something either more predictive or prescriptive. And so when you're going from that range from analytics to data science, that's sort of the, the technical life cycle, if you will. But from a project perspective on a data science project, I think you start with really defining the business problem first. That is, of course, you know, everybody talks about that, defining the business problem. But in doing so, I think there's a, several key questions you have to answer in that phase before you move on to really diving into the data and building models and deployment. And you want to answer a lot of questions up front there um, in that business problem. And then you go into model building. You go into data, data discovery and uh, ultimately deployment. Okay, awesome. So in the problem statement or the problem uh, in the project management perspective, you were talking about um, you didn't really say it this way, but I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase and see if you agree, but kind of problem recognition is happening early and ideation, use that term as a phase ideation before. And then you talked about data pool. You see the phases I'm mm -hmm. thinking about. So I think you said sort of problem recognition, ideation, data pool before you even start really um, coming up with any sort of model. I mean, that's like, you know, you got to do all this stuff. People don't understand that, right? They want to pull data and they want to run a model, but there's all these phases that you have to go through. Does that, the problem recognition ideation before you can get into um, problem framing and data pool, does that, do those make sense to you as far as phases? Is that how you would outline it or how would you outline it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we talk about ideation and problem framing, I mean, when I start a new project, I answer a few key questions. The first, of course, is what is the problem we're solving? There's lots of problems that we could have. It could be, uh, in some cases, it's predicting failure of a, a machine or something in a lot of people's cases. You know, for a company like Greenlight, a subscription-based company, we want to acquire customers. We want to retain our customers, you know. So you might want to pre prevent customers from leaving in some way by, you know, predicting who's likely to leave and, and fixing the problem. Um, there's, there's also the ideas of fraud and risk. So defining exactly what we're trying to solve and what metrics we're trying to affect are important. But even more important than that, I like to answer the question, if I had the solution today, what would I do with it? Right? I that. That's a if, fantastic way to look at it. 
Right. So if I'm predicting machine failure, for instance, that's not a green light problem, but let's, let's say we were a company that had machines that we were predicting to fail. What would I do if I told you this machine is going to fail in 10 days? What do you do? Like in production lines, can you even take the machine down proactively? Does that change anything about your bottom line? If you take it down 10 days early versus waiting for it to break, you need to be able to have levers to pull based off of your predictions or your data before you actually even start making the predictions. Otherwise, you're just telling yourself information that you can do nothing about. Um, right. I love that. That's a great hack to, to just think about that one question, which is, if you had it today, what actions would you take? Is that the way you phrased it? Yep. What would I do if I had it today? And what levers do I even have available at my disposal? Because the next phase of your project might not be model building. It might be building levers. It might say, yeah. I need to actually build the option to do something about this before I even start trying to predict anything. Oh, nice. I like that. Okay. So we're talking about the um, problem recognition, ideation, the problem framing, and asking questions like this so that we know what we're going to even do with it. Um, and we get into uh, data before we even get into data pooling. And so I think we're saying that these are the parts, like problem recognition even, these are the parts where we need to start involving um, stakeholders at a, at a heavy level. So next question, what do we mean by an analytics stakeholder? Who, who does that include or could include? Right. When we're talking more about analytics, uh, that side of the spectrum, when they're just looking for descriptive or, or uh, diagnostic data, it's usually someone in the business that wants some sort of information to say what's correlating, what's driving, uh, analyzing an experiment. Uh, so it's very business focused on the stakeholders. On the data science side, though, I think it's you know very cross-functional when we talk about the stakeholder. There is, of course, the business use case, like what are we going to do with this? How are we going to affect the bottom line numbers? Um, or top line numbers, I should say. Uh, but if we have, for instance, like in Greenlight, we have a consumer product. So you're going to want to involve everyone from product to engineering uh, all the way through data engineering when you are doing this ideation, because a lot of things are going to affect how you design your problem. So for instance, let's talk about a potential example of like fraud or risk. You know, this is something that of course we concern ourselves with at Greenlight, you know, being a financial based company, we do not want fraud or risk in our platform and making those types of decisions in real time is important. And so that needs to be defined up front because that completely changes how you're going to build your model. What features am I going to use? What features am I going to have available at the time that I make that prediction? And also, how will the model be deployed? All of these need to be answered because it might it's going to change a lot about how you train your model. Uh, it's going to change a lot about which features you might be able to use. And it's also going to change a lot about what you think the, the distribution of those features are going to change over time. So what, what safeguards should you build in for bias and drift and all those things? And, and that really needs to be discussed early. Um, a lot of mistakes I see made is, okay, we define the business problem, send a data scientist off into a vacuum. They build a really cool model that predicts what they thought they should have. Um, and then there's no deployment strategy. It just dies on the vine. Um, because it either doesn't solve the problem you're looking at or uh, the problem's changed or they built it off features that you just don't have in real time if that's the if that's the use case well and sometimes i don't i don't think i mean from what i've observed i don't think stakeholders always understand that 
whatever we produce is not just nice to know. It's not just information. It's action-based. Like you're supposed to, they don't sometimes expect to do anything with it. They, and so that throws them off. So if we involve them early enough, then they would get a better sense of what are they trying to, what are we trying to help them actually solve? Now the them, some of the groups that um, I tried to summarize sort of as you were um, describing, uh, it sounds like we have IT, which is kind of the gatekeeper for the data, <laughs> uh, data engineers, um, the, the business, depending on what kind of business problem we're solving, which can include uh, product or marketing or operations, but some kind of business function, the business, um, and engineering, of course. And uh, like at Coca-Cola uh, Coca Enterprises, they have, or I think it's Coca-Cola Company, anyway, they have like a data solution. So any of the groups that will sort of ingest, consume, um, be involved with providing support or helping or it sounds like those are your stakeholders and involving them early enough creates um, a, an elongated vision of what are you going to do with it at the end. Is that summarized? Yes, absolutely. You have to get to that, that agreement before you even ideate on what data to use, what data will be, uh, what data models you might build. It, you, you get all of those folks in agreement because that will define everything down the pipe from there. Yeah. And you, you touched on this a little bit, but just to try to, you know, sort of get a punch list. Um, can you help us understand the, um, the benefits and or the risks of this inclusion? So are there certain um, risks of not including your stakeholders early enough? And are there certain benefits of making sure that you do? So the biggest risk, of course, is that consensus is hard, right? So people have a lot of different opinions on what should happen. And it's also hard to narrow problem scope. So the more people are in the room, the more they're going to want to expand problem scope. And what sounds like is one problem is could actually be different problems, right? Um, and they're different types of predictions and getting stakeholders to understand the, the nuances of data predictions, data science uh, can be difficult. You know, if we think about, uh, for instance, people leaving, so churn, right? You can predict if someone's going to leave, that's one type of prediction, but it's a completely different prediction to predict why someone's going to leave. And it's an important distinction from a stakeholder perspective, they may not get that. So there is a certain risk in that, that could delay, uh, you could get caught in a loop. Um, it's important to have good data literacy and effective communication out of a data scientist in order to make sure that you're um, moving that along. You know, uh, staying out of the weeds sometimes is important, especially in this phase. You know, they don't care if you're going, which type of model you're going to throw at it. They don't care about that type of stuff. You want to be, uh, be, be transparent and, and talk at sort of a business level. The benefits of doing this is that you don't end up things that end up with things that die on the vine, right? You can build models and there's no deployment strategy. So they just languish. You can spend six months, a year training the world's best model, tuning it. Um, and then nobody wants to go put it into production. Uh, you could build a great model to forecast, uh, acquisitions, but if nobody ever asked the question, what will we do with this? They just like, well, that's cool to hear. And then there's nothing to do with it, right? So there's so many ways that I think that the biggest risk is that data science sort of 
builds models that never see the light of day. And I don't think any of us want that. You know, I, I think we all have stories where we have had stuff that we've built that never actually got deployed, ever got used, um, that we spent a lot of time and effort on. Um, and maybe that could have been solved, especially if we had answered these questions earlier in the life cycle. Okay. Yeah, that's very frustrating to, to nurture a baby for, you know, potentially weeks or months. And then it's like, oh, well, that's cool. And it never gets used. So yeah, I've been there, done that for sure. And I uh, understand what you're saying. So, um, okay. So now we understand like why this is so important, who's involved, what we mean by early involvement. Why Jason, why is this so difficult? Why is it not happening? It seems obvious from the outside, but why, what are some of the things that are prohibiting us from involving stakeholders early? So there is a gap, of course, in people that can translate data science to business effectively, right? Um, when you're training data scientists, they are always learning on clean data with well-defined problems. So they don't get training often in this type of engagement. So it's difficult from a data science perspective. There's also a gap on the other end where stakeholders either assume data science is magic or they assume that it is useless right? Because they don't understand it. They don't have a good data literacy. They, they view uh, things that are just like, well, I just want to know which things are related and those things are driving. You know, two lines are going up. Obviously, those two things are causal, which is, of course, a big data fallacy. So there is a, a, an understanding gap that exists in a translation gap. And so I think that is why it is so hard is because people, it's very easy to try to get these folks in a room and talk past each other and not reach any sort of forward movement. And that's why that translator type uh, role is so important. Someone who can speak at that level of like the business problem matching the technical know-how and be that middle ground. That is the hard part. And you know, it's so hard to find someone that can do that, but that is why this is so difficult. It's so much easier to go into our hidey holes and say, well, we want to solve churn or we want to solve uh, failures and just serve that up on a platter. And then the data scientist runs with their own interpretation and builds something um, that may or may not be useful. Yeah, I, I do. Um, I definitely see that happening within. I mean, as you know, I'm a consultant. And so I see all kinds of teams with all kinds of companies and I see the data scientists so eager to create an, not just a, an effective model or a practical model, but an innovative model. And that doesn't always answer any question. They're just, you know, having fun <laughs> and yeah. create models. And that's not, that's kind of, that's not the direction that we need to leave with a business problem. And we need to have the stakeholders involved early, like you're saying. So this is great advice. So deep learning doesn't solve all problems, right? It solves right. only a few problems, right? People, you know, that's another fallacy. Data scientists learn all these school tricks in, school or, or boot camp or wherever. But honestly, you know, simple is usually good enough for a lot of these problems. And where I see the armchair data, data science falling down is, you know, people try to do data science without knowing they're doing data science, you know, because they're not trained, you know, they get a problem and they've learned a little bit and they throw logistic regression at a problem. But because they didn't frame the problem correctly, it doesn't work. But oftentimes it, it would work if they had framed and done feature engineering and talked about, you know, with the business, there's a lot of pitfalls and fallacies uh, that can happen. And, and simple is sometimes better when it comes to modeling. It's, it's yeah. this other stuff that's the hard part. I can tell you the people that um, finish an MSA program or an MSBA program, that's the last thing they want to hear. Simple is better. You know, usually they don't want to hear about Occam's Razor. <laughs> so what final piece of advice, like people that are, 
really, really trying to make this happen and they're running into all these barriers and maybe some of them are political and it's hard to get buy-in or, you know, there's lots of things that can make it difficult to bring stakeholders in early. So what final piece of advice would you have for someone trying to make sure they're bringing in the analytics stakeholders early? So one of the first things I did when I got to Greenlight was to reach out and meet with these business stakeholders to just understand their problems, to make sure that as director, I am aware of what they're actually trying to solve. And it was a two-way street. I'm also trying to explain to them the practical realities of what data science is capable of. It's an education experience. And so I think that is the number one way to improve this holistically is trying to be proactive about increasing data literacy at your organization. And that's a a, a top-level initiative that has to happen. Um, The lines of communication, of course, have to be open. You have to know these folks. And it's good to get buy-in from data science, from the other organization, you know, getting product to have product managers that understand data science and are dedicated to getting data science into production, marketing folks that are interested in trying to work with data science solutions uh, and understanding what the limitations are. You know, the literacy aspect is so important to closing that gap. And so that's really how you solve it rather than just trying to force two people that don't know how to talk to each other into the same room. Yep. Got it. That's great advice. Thank you so much again, Jason Peavy, for talking to us about our very important topic called (laughs) the importance of involving analytic stakeholders early. Thank you, Beverly. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education. I'm Dr. Beverly Wright. Have a great data set.